It's Thoughtful Thursday. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com, where we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities, earning them more authority, more influence, and more revenue. See, we believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. There's always something to give back, and that is to me, so much stronger. You'll be more selfish giving away and helping others than you will by keeping it all in the bank. I mean, helping somebody that can never help you back, there's such a crazy power in that. This is Jennifer Longworth, and on this Thoughtful Thursday, I'm with Rob Kessler, founder and CEO of Million Dollar Caller. After seeing his wedding pictures, Rob was inspired to create the Million Dollar Caller for the 80% of men today who rarely wear a tie with their dress shirts. Rob is an inventor and a serial entrepreneur, as well as the buddy his friends always call first when they are looking for a guy who knows a guy to help them out. Connecting people with whatever and whomever they need most has just been his thing. And today, the need to connect and serve others is the driving force behind Million Dollar Caller. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hey, how's it going? Good. Now, you saw something in your wedding pictures that made you decide to spend three years of your life inventing something. (laughs) What did you see that that made you go down this this path of your life? <laughs> That's one way to put it, I guess. I got married on the beach in Jamaica, and I am just never really liked wearing a tie, so I wasn't going to wear one on the biggest day of my life because it's my day. And uh, when I looked <laughs> at my photos, my shirt was just kind of a sloppy mess. It was a brand new, freshly pressed shirt. I had the top two buttons undone. I wanted to be that Thomas Crown, cool, James Bond, you know, just chill, but good looking. I just remember tugging at my shirt collar all day long and it just never really sat the way I thought it should. So I started tinkering around and messing around with dress shirts. So just this one moment of your life, which is a very important moment of your life, turned into a business for you. It did. Yeah. Did you ever see yourself as a business owner? Were you entrepreneurial before? Oh, totally. Yeah. I cannot work for somebody else, including my father, (laughs) (laughs) which I was very successful working for him. But you know, there's a personal life that goes along with that. And we decided that we were better off father and son than employer employee. So Mm -hmm. um, before this, when I was trying to figure it all out, I had a screen printing and embroidery business that I'd started in a spare bedroom in my house and grew to over a million dollars in sales. Nice. I was a realtor. So, you know, that's, you know, build your own business basically. And yeah, I always had that drive and that, uh, that motivation to kind of do my own thing. So that mindset's not new to you. You've always had that type of thing. No, not really. I mean, that's probably what gave me the confidence to push on. I mean, I've had a bunch of other ideas I did not bring to market. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the support of my new bride and my this idea, I, I finally brought this one to market. And it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy ride. How did you go from seeing this picture into being successful with the million dollar collar? I mean, what, what did that process look like? How did you even start? Well, hey, I need to do something about this. So then what? Well, you know, I looked around on the internet as most people would, and I didn't really see what I thought was 
the solution that needed to be done. Every other solution out there was around the collar. So there's a collar stay and there's magnetic collar stays and there's all kinds of kitschy collar stays. But the collar stay was invented in 1888. That to me was fixed a long time ago. What has come recently is that most men aren't wearing ties anymore. It looked like the problem was lower. And so I started cutting open dress shirts and putting collar stay-esque products down the front where the buttons and the buttonholes are, which is what was collapsed on my shirt. And so I just started with what I knew. I started with what the actual problem was, and then I just took it from there. You solved the problem and you went out to find a solution. Yeah, there there wasn't anything out. I mean, I looked, mm-hmm. I did my Google search in like crazy, and there just really wasn't anything that I thought was what the solution needed to be. And so I just started messing around and got to where I'm at. <laughs> so you're getting these shirts and ripping them up open. And are you just sticking different things in it to go, hey, does this hold it up? Hey, does this hold it up? Hey, does this hold it up? I mean, what are you doing to figure this yeah, out? Yeah, 100%. I actually, the first piece, uh, the first thing I shoved down was a piece of cardboard just to kind of show my my new bride the concept of what I was thinking. And she instantly, as soon as she saw it, she's like, oh my God, I get what you've been complaining about all these years. I totally understand. And so I knew that cardboard wasn't going to last. So I went around my house and I looked at like every piece of plastic I could find. So there was milk cartons and mini blinds and uh, flexible cutting boards and zip ties. And, you know, I would, as a starting point, test those. I'd run them through the wash machine, run them through the dryer. Then I'd take them to the dry cleaner and I'd bring it home and it would be, you know, that plastic would have melted to the shirt. So I threw it in the pile of ruined uh, what didn't work things. <laughs> I hope you're getting these from Goodwill or something and not buying new shirts every time. Uh, I wasn't buying new shirts, but I did learn quickly to, uh, you know, get the $5 shirts. I had a lot of friends, you know, that were willing to, as the process went along further and I was getting closer, that they were donating their shirts to the cause and because they were looking for the solution too. I mean, I think anybody who cares about the way they look uh, notices when they're the right side of their shirt is sloppy and the left side isn't or vice versa or whatever. So, yeah, it feels like there's a time and place for sloppy and a time and place like weddings for not so sloppy. Well, yeah, I mean, most times, I mean, guys don't have a lot of options when it comes to dressing. You know, you have T-shirts and you have dress shirts and you have tank tops and you're not going to wear a T-shirt in a board meeting unless you're some uber rich dude. Um, (laughs) Who can get away with it, right? (laughs) Yeah, that owns the company. So, you know, if you're going in there, most guys want to impress. If If you're putting on a dress shirt, you want to impress. And to me, having it not sit right is not representing me the way that I think my clothing should. So what did it take for you to, you know, you're trying it over and over and over and over. Aha, I found something that works. And now what? Well, it took three years to actually develop a material that is lightweight, flexible, soft enough to be sewn through, strong enough to hold up the weight of the collar, and heat resistant to nearly double what they do at dry cleaners. So normal plastics on the market melt at 250 degrees. Uh, dry cleaners can hit upwards of 450 degrees. So huh, um, I see your problem. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you never know what somebody's going to do. You know, I could have two different versions and say, okay, well, this is a non-dry clean version. And of course, that guy is going to send a shirt to the dry cleaner and now he's going to call me 
crying and moaning that uh, I ruined his shirt, <laughs> even though. So it had to be kind of to the lowest common denominator, I don't know, or the most uh, crazy people will do with their shirts. So that's what we had to design for every possible option. So did you take this to an engineer or, or what? A friend of mine uh, worked at a plastics company and he ended up helping me develop the material that we use. So it's 100% made in America and uh, distributed here and sold from from here. So it's a pretty cool process to have you know designed and built the whole thing. Now, how do you put this in your shirt? How does that even work? It's insanely easy. Every dress shirt is made exactly the same. There's always two layers where the buttons and the buttonholes are, and there's always two layers where the collar band is. And so there's a couple stitches that hold those two parts of the shirt together. So a tailor or dry cleaner, open those couple stitches, slide it in, sew it back together. It takes like three or four minutes to do any shirt. And once it's in, it lasts for the life of the shirt. Nice. I have a feeling there's something exciting happening with you these days. There is some big, big, big stuff happening, which is super exciting. I mean, even to this point, we're two and a half years into sales. We've shipped 160,000 units to 94, 95 countries. I just got a order from Casablanca, Morocco. Uh, wow, fancy. Last week. Yeah, I was pretty pretty excited for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool. We're, we're all over the world and talking to manufacturers and brands and big department stores and um, just trying to keep getting the word out. Because you've worked with dry cleaners in the past to promote your product, right? Yeah, that's our um, target right now. So we sold to mm-hmm. end consumers directly. Uh, that was our main focus for the first two years. The last six months, it's been really, really, really talking to dry cleaners. And we're in about 500 dry cleaners right now in the U.S. And uh adding more every single day. And, you know, we're talking to a few really big ones. So you'll see, you know, 50, 100, 200 uh, locations pop up at once. So um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. The uh, The response has been incredible because the dry cleaners just love it. It's an easy upsell for them. And to us, the customer's already there. You know, if you care enough about the way you look that you pay somebody else to clean your clothes, you're probably going to love our product. Right, right. So do do you say, okay, hey, dry cleaners, I have this thing I would like you to pitch to your customers. And then someone comes in with dress shirts and like, hey, we have the solution for you. What what does that look like? Well, dry cleaners aren't, you know, known to be salespeople. Right. They count my clothes and that's that. Right, right. So we've actually developed all of that promotional materials. We have point of sale posters and hang tags, and we can help design email blasts and whatever information that they have to connect with their customers. We can take that information and help develop something around their brand to really you know, get it out there. The beauty is, is once somebody gets it in one shirt, they want it in all their shirts. So a typical dry cleaning customer has 30 plus dress shirts. So you know, once they get that first one, you know, they get their little taste. <laughs> back to the rest. <laughs> hey, look, I look good. Wait a minute. There's something to this. <laughs> now, how are you living as a thoughtful entrepreneur? What is it that, that makes you different? Well, you know, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of people around me that have helped me get to where I am, whether it's been with this business or others. And I've always appreciated the helping hand, I guess you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first moved to Los Angeles, uh, I met a guy who turned out to be one of the founders of Expedia. <laughs> and oh, 
okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is why I love LA because you never know who you're going to talk to or meet. Um, well, you I, just I, happen to be a founder of Expedia, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was kind of crazy, but um, he's a super cool guy. I mean, we talk all the time, but he's introduced me to great people. And I think it's kind of his way to pay it forward. I mean, he's had a lot of success in his life. And I love that. Like, I don't always, it's not like I can financially invest in a company, but I have a way of mm-hmm. looking at business from an outside perspective and maybe being able to offer some advice. I was kind of the guy in Milwaukee that my friends would say, oh, I need to do this. And I'd be like, I got a guy. You know, I always. I was, oh, I yeah. Networking guy. Huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, I want to be that guy for other people and I'm happy to help. If somebody's grinding and trying and really trying to make an effort, I am absolutely happy to uh, try to connect them and make their lives a little bit easier uh, as people have done for me. So how have you been able to connect with other people that you can help just by being in LA and there they are. So you reach out. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a networking group, so I'm surrounded with people that are in startups and just coming up with ideas to uh, the guy that invented Atari and uh, Chuck E. Cheese. And so uh, it's a, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and everybody in between, and it's really cool to have conversations with people that are all different levels. And even, even a guy that's really seemed to have made it, you know, sometimes they just don't know a guy that can help them out with something. So, you know, you have to be around other people. You, I work from home and I kind of do it all myself. And I, uh, I mean, my partner's in Madison and we have an employee in, in Colorado, but sitting at home by myself and trying to work is, is okay. But you really have to be around other people. And I love those, you know, co-working spaces and there's so much more deal flow that happens and so much more inspiration and creativity when you're, you can surround yourself with other people. So I highly encourage people to find groups like that or areas where people are, have like-minded thoughts. Absolutely. I've been in networking groups before and it's just so tremendous. And then you also know, who to go to for your own stuff. Like, oh, I need someone in this field. I know her. I've met her at a thing or whatever. I know the Expedia guy. That's just really cool. You know the Atari guy? The Chuck E. Cheese guy? Nolan Bushnell. Yeah, he invented Atari and just saw him on Saturday. I mean, he's a super, super cool guy. So, How do you find these groups like this with I mean, you're in LA, so you have a advantage over this Kentucky girl, but we still have really cool people here too. Just not the founder of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> how do you get, <laughs> how do you find these groups? Uh, it was it was totally absolutely crazy random. Uh, we got to LA, my wife and I, in mid October, and the only people that we knew were the leasing guys in the front office of our apartment building. And we okay. specifically chose a big property because we wanted to meet people, you know, quickly. And so those guys were really cool. And we were hanging out with them for New Year's. And uh, there were some girls there that they knew. And my wife and one of the, the girls really hit it off. And she's like, oh, I'm going on this hike in a couple, you know, next weekend. You guys should come. And so we're literally within three months of moving here, we were on a hike and I spent the entire, you know, two or three hours talking to this guy and, you know, we totally hit it off and became friends instantly. And so I think instead of being afraid and saying no to things, just being open and saying, you know what? Yes, let, let's do it. You know, who knows what can come out of some of those, those conversations. So going to hike with people we just met. Awesome idea. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 
It turns out that's kind of like the thing to do out here in LA. It's like, man, people go on hikes all the time and they're really outdoorsy. And so there's just tons and tons of trails and it's been cool to see LA from a different, you know, not so busy city all the time. You can kind of get up above and away from it all. And it's a cool way to connect with other people, especially if there's an organized group that's going out specifically to, you know, network and talk and, and meet. So. Very cool. So what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening today? It's definitely do what you love. Everybody can make money. And if you need to go and get a job, you can make money. And if you are starting a business to make money, that's the wrong reason. But there's always something to give back. And that is, to me, so much stronger. I mean, you'll be more selfish giving away and helping others than you will by keeping it all in the bank. I mean, helping somebody that can never help you back, there's such a crazy power in that. So if people want to learn more about you and the Million Dollar Collar, how can they find you, Rob? Super easy. It's just milliondollarcollar.com. So we're available on the website. And uh, as I said, I'm happy to help anybody who's actually out there doing it and trying and has questions. So my email direct is rob at milliondollarcollar.com. Rob, thank you so much for joining me. Good luck. This sounds exciting. Uh, yeah, we were, you know, if you drop your email in ours, we won't be shy about what's going on. We've worked really hard to get to where we're at. So, um, we'd be happy to, uh, <laughs> tell everybody where we're at. So, well, keep us in the loop, man. For sure. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media and in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rate and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.